0: This is an exclusive presentation
1: from Federated Media, Unholstered.
2: Here we go, we're back. It is time for another edition of Unholstered. My name is Kayla Blakesley, and I represent the local media side. Here on the show. Good morning,
3: everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales Catina. I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department. Welcome back to Unholstered.
2: And you obviously represent the local law enforcement side of yes. this program. And really, this show is all about sharing and telling the stories that just don't really get told that often when it comes to law enforcement. No topic is off limits. And recently, Sophia, speaking of topics, we've really been diving into this discussion about youth violence. We're seeing it on the rise all across the country. Not even just here in Fort Wayne, but really uh, like I said, pretty much everywhere. And if you missed last week's episode about youth violence and uh, some work some of our local community members are doing to try and curb youth violence, I would recommend downloading the Unholstered podcast. You can download it anywhere you download a podcast, just search Unholstered. Uh, but I know that you brought in two special guests today from the Fort Wayne Police Department to continue that conversation.
3: Yes, um, it's an important conversation that we're having here because it's such it's been such a issue I would say in the last few years um, we've seen continual youth violence, but this year it seems to be like really hitting us really hard early on. So I brought in two of our homicide sergeants. Uh, They're the two that directly handle all homicide investigations. They run that group of amazing men and women, and they're doing such a phenomenal job. I will say last year the clearance rate was like 94% uh, for homicides, unheard of. That's impressive. It's way more than impressive. So um, if you've... It's a amazing when you watch them work they all work such in sync and in unison and it just it's it's kind of cool to watch it watch them in their room their information room and everyone's doing their thing shouting stuff out at each other and everybody knows what everyone means when they're talking um and as the lay person in there I'm like okay what's going on <laughs> uh, but it's really kind of cool like uh, you're a NORAD or something yeah
2: <laughs> like you're in the situation yes room, right? yes Sol- solving um, all these crimes yeah
3: but right now I'll let them introduce themselves
0: yeah, My name is Sergeant Matthew Wilson. I am a sergeant in the homicide unit. Been there for almost two and a half years. And this is my my
1: partner, Sergeant Wilkins. I'll let him introduce himself. Sergeant Wilkins, and uh, I'm the new guy. I've been there for about four months. Oh, welcome. That.
2: Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Matt, you've actually been here on Unholstered before. Yeah,
1: I'm an old pro. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Uh, Dave, this is your first time.
1: It is. Um, I was uh, detective with the gang unit for about seven years and then vice narcotics. And then I uh, got promoted. So. When you
2: got promoted for the gig, you didn't realize this was going to be part of it, did you? <laughs> no, no,
1: no. It's uh, it's new. It's
2: How how did you getting this new role come to fruition?
1: Um, I've been a sergeant for about two years now. And so uh, the opportunity arose when um, Sergeant Klein left. That uh, sergeant Wilson called me and says, hey, I think we'd be a good fit. Um, I like your experience. Um, and let's see if it works out. And then. So far it's been a good marriage so.
2: So Matt you were promoted, right? Yes. And then so then and then David came in essentially doing your old job. Am I, is it, am I- So
0: the homicide unit consists of 10 detectives okay. and two sergeants to manage them. So my my old partner went on to bigger and better things, so we had an opening within the unit. And so with that opening, you know, I had the ability as well as the unit to pick who would replace the the older sergeant. And Got so it. Sergeant Wilkins was an obvious fit for us and he's worked out great ever since he's come up.
3: And I think it's a testament to knowing how someone works because like you said, he's been a sergeant for two years now. That's correct. So it's not like you're looking at just his sergeant work. You're looking at his work prior to being a sergeant. Like what has he done? What has he accomplished in his career? And leadership doesn't always come with a title. So you look for those leaders who are really up and comers and you identify them, you see what they are, you give them a chance. And so far, he's exceeding, I think, expectations. I think they both are. um, Because you are a newer sergeant as well, Matt. So I think it's just a testament to the leadership abilities in the general ranks that we have that are coming up.
2: Well, I'm so glad you're both here so we can continue this conversation about youth violence. And I actually, Sophia, want to circle back to something that you said. Um, You said youth violence is, quote, hitting us hard early on. What, what, what did you mean by that? Do you mean specifically here in Fort Wayne? Or again, is that a trend that folks are seeing all over the place?
3: I specifically meant here in Fort Wayne. We've had a l- numerous, not numerous, a handful of homicides, but they've all been younger people. Um, so that's what I meant. Um, generally, we see this trend more trending towards the summer when youth are out of school. They've just got more time on their hands, those kinds of things. We see a, an a increase in homicides during that time period where it warms up. Hmm. Um, right now we're seeing it in the middle of winter. So although it has been kind I of warm to say, out. I just say, okay,
2: this, this does sound crazy. We've had a pretty mild winter. Yeah. So is and that a factor? It probably could be, yeah. So
3: more people are out as w- weather is warmer. I think more people kind of tend to be outside and interacting as opposed to when it's 20 below here with wind gusts that they're inside and sheltered.
2: Okay, I think this is an important question. Obviously, you're both with the homicide team um, there within the Fort Wayne Police Department. So when we say youth violence, are we talking just specifically homicides here? Are we talking all things like stealing, uh, theft, burglary? I don't know. What falls under the category, I guess, of youth violence?
0: For us in our unit, we work not just homicides, but we work gun violence. So if you get shot in Fort Wayne, there's a high likelihood that we are going to be investigating it. So not only just homicides, but people don't understand how many people are shot that do not result in homicides and how many victims that we have out there. So last year uh, we had 28 homicides. The year before we had 22 homicides, but we had hundreds of shootings. Those rarely ever make the paper. You don't see those, but those victims do exist. So when we talk about youth violence or even young adults, we go 22 and under, that's, that's what we're talking, youth violence and young adults. That's generally where we're looking at of uh, the age of our offenders and or victims.
2: So, Sophia just said it, you know, we're kind of seeing more of this youth violence hitting earlier on here. Aside from the weather, uh, do we know why? Because certainly you're talking to a lot of these young people, right? I mean, what are you both hearing?
0: Last year we had 93% of our homicides committed by guns. This year is no exception. So we've had five homicides in the city of Fort Wayne, all of them related to gun violence. The age, the max age we have is 21 years old for a victim down to 14 years old. Jeez. So it falls into just averagely what we see in years past. So when you talk about violence, that's that's what we mean is we're seeing guns and we're seeing them in younger adults and or juveniles hands.
2: How, specifically the juveniles, how are these young people getting their hands on these guns?
1: Kids, they of course they steal them. Um, they can't buy them. So they, they usually, it's, I, through thefts and stuff like that, burglaries and stuff like that. So, when we tell people to lock their guns up, it's not just to keep lock your guns up, it's to protect your guns from, you know, if somebody breaks into your house, then you definitely want to protect those firearms from getting on the street and being part of a crime or something like that. So, I'll take it one step further. Not only just your houses, but your cars. 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 Yeah. Those are important. I mean,
0: Who those are crimes oh, no, All the car. time. All the time. So cars many people. Absolutely. So many people. Yeah. They should neighbors. not be a
3: gun owner. no, no. They should not. <laughs> yeah. and,
2: that, and a lot of times the that. cars
3: are unlocked, and they're still leaving them in there. Oh jeez. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, like,
0: like Sergeant Wilkins said, it, they could steal them. We see straw purchases, so people that buy them legally and provide them to people who should not have them. Mm-hmm. That's generally what we see. Uh, a lot of this stuff also relates to our gang violence. So we see that a lot with our non-fatal shootings and or homicides is that they're gang related.
2: Would you say we have a gang problem in Fort Wayne? David, I feel like that that question's kind of for you, being the gang guy.
1: Um, I think Fort Wayne is is better than most cities. Um, I think there is a there's a fraction. Um, I think we address it pretty well. Um, when I was on the gang unit, probably it was, what, three or four years ago. Um, I've kind of been removed from that, so that part of the game I don't know mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I know some of the players, but four years is a long time to be out of the game, that part of the game. But... I say um, w- between the gang unit and Vice Narcotics, I think that we get a pretty good handle on who is the up and coming uh, gang members and we try to, they try to address it before the problem gets out of hand.
2: Is that what it's all over? Drugs? This violence?
1: Not necessarily drugs. Um, it's also about respect. So I, I, between those two things, it's like usually these, these groups start in middle school. And they go up from there, and they stay in these groups, and they end up fighting with each other. And then from there, they they move on to bigger and worse, I would say, more violent crimes um, until that group becomes pretty much they name themselves a gang. And then they usually have other gangs that they're beefing with. um, And then that's when we have to step in and say, okay, let's eliminate these two gangs. Let's let's eliminate the violence that these two gangs are uh, perpetrating.
2: How do you all do that?
1: Uh, it's a lot. $1, it's time-consuming. It's, right? time consuming. <laughs> yeah. um, it's um, they have different tools. We have different tools. Uh, I'll just put it that way that they can monitor and stuff like that, see what's going on, see who's um, arguing, beefing with other people. Um, there's people who give tips. Tips are huge. Um, um, there's people who are in constant um, conversations with officers that they have a rapport with that they will actually give information. Say this is. This is um picking up and it might be a problem, and then the gang unit you know, officer obviously, obviously will go out there and just um they'll they'll try to um they'll start watching surveilling and then uh acting if they need to
3: yeah it you know we, we talked about last week with Nigel it's like you know these are these are social problems that just bleed over into what we do as police officers right'cause we most of these things we can only be reactive to. A lot of these things, we can try to be proactive, but man, it's really hard because you have to have people telling you information. And while we might have a couple, we don't have a lot, especially when it comes to this kind of thing. So when we talk about these problems and we talk about policing and all this stuff, these are just issues that are are landing on our door that aren't police issues. These are social issues. And this is where community is so important. And these are why... This is why we had Nigel on and next week we'll have Amos Norman and Mario Moraz from the Y and getting into the youth and, and making those connections with these kids to know that they don't have to turn to the gang if they need a family outside of the one they have that they're not getting what they need from. This is where community is so important. And that's why, you know, this isn't police responsibility. We are enforcers of the law. We are not social workers. But that's been laid at our door. To handle it is, and
2: I feel like y'all get blamed when it isn't. <clears throat> we quote, get blamed handled. if
3: we do good. If we get blamed if we do bad. We I mean, we are in a no win situation mm-hmm. sometimes, and that's what makes policing so difficult for us. Because we want to help. We don't want to see. We don't want to have to go to someone's house and tell them their child's been murdered. Mm-hmm. I mean, how hard that is to watch people just completely just melt down. I've done it a couple times in my career. and I hope I never have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's heart-wrenching, especially as a mom myself, and these are fathers. You know, they both have children.
2: For folks who don't live around here per se, nor, uh, Fort Wayne's divided really into like four quadrants. We have northwest, southwest, Southwest, northeast, and southeast. Then we have, you know, downtown obviously smack dab there in the middle. Speaking specifically of the gangs, is there an area, perhaps one of those quadrants, where we see more of this violence than others? Well,
3: this year it seems to be happening in the northeast side of Fort Wayne, but we all know that a lot of the players in this game are from southeast, which is where I command, right? So it's more of minority, lower income on certain parts of southeast, but we do encompass a lot of downtown as well. Um, But everyone's so... Everyone's moving around. It's nomadic, mm-hmm. right? And they, they don't stay. We have cars. We, you know, have friends with cars so we can move around the city. So this affects every quadrant, honestly. Shootings happen all over the city. It's not just relegated to one. Do we see more in some areas? Yeah, we do. But it, make no mistake, it's everywhere.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, too, because I think we all like to say, oh, well, it's not that's, happening in yeah, my backyard. It's over there with yeah.
3: those people. Yeah.
2: No, it's everywhere. Which then makes your jobs even harder.
0: Yeah, it is absolutely everywhere. Murder or crime is not in one quadrant. It's everywhere. It just happens to be northeast for now, but it's still very early. We're in February. You know, we go up, we go down. But averagely speaking, uh, it is a little unusual to have them all uh, northeast at this point. But it's early. It's February.
2: Yeah, I'm really putting you on the spot here because, again, speaking of this trend, and I just find it fascinating that you just said it already trending ahead of the game do you have, again, like on paper statistically where we are now compared to where we were in, you know, 2023 or even 2022? Normally, Sophia's our resident stat girl.
3: <laughs> yeah, thanks uh, for I throwing will, me under the bus.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good job. Uh, <laughs> I
2: didn't want to blame them. Uh, I the new guy.
0: We, just from thinking, you know, without actually having it in front of me. But usually we'll have one or two in the beginning. Okay. Like uh, the captain said, it is we generally don't have our high number homicides when it's very cold out. It just doesn't happen. Everyone's inside. You don't have a lot of people out. As we get out of school, as the summer heats up, you get everybody out and about doing their thing, and you get more interaction. That's when we have the majority of our homicides. But now this year is a little, probably a little higher than average. But once again, statistically speaking, I don't think it, it's just too early to tell where we're going to go with it.
2: Is there something that... I don't know, residents could do, community members. I mean, you also said that as well, Sophia. It it impacts all of us, not just one quadrant of Fort Wayne. Is there something that we could do to help make your jobs easier in combating youth violence in general? I mean, I I know, I get it. It would be nice if all parents were wonderful and fabulous and (laughs) great with their kids, but that's just not the reality that we live in. So aside from that, is there something we can do to help?
0: You see something, you say something, because here's the thing. We don't know unless the public tells us. And that's generally, we, we can't solve this by ourselves. So the captain mentioned earlier, we are reactive. We respond to things, but if you give us tips, if you see something on social media, if you see guns flashing, if you see groups beefing, report it, we can report that anonymously as well. So how, if you, how can people do that? We have a Crime Stoppers and we've had that for a great many number of years. You can remain anonymous, you are assigned a number and we reach out and coordinate with you through that number. So you don't have to identify yourself at all and nobody has to know anything, but those tips are important. I mean, we would not be where we're at and have the success without the public.
2: Is it hard getting those tips, though? I mean, is it hard getting witnesses to come forward and say, you know, I saw Jimmy shoot so-and-so? Like, how is – do you get a lot of that or no? no you have it's, it's, teeth
0: it's tough, and there's a lot of reasons that make it tough. I mean, you're talking about a major crime, a violent crime that happened, and somebody's reporting on that or might have to testify. It's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. There's a real sense of fear. But I have to live here. What can happen to me? Retaliation, exactly. Yeah. And it does happen that we have witness intimidation that occurs in homicide cases. But I think we do a good job as a city, as a community. We report these and we can remain anonymous. We can work with those people that do want to come forward the best that we can. And ultimately, if we get that killer, that murder off the street, they're not hurting anybody else. So we're actually making it safer for them and, and all of us.
3: And I will add to that that, that 94% clearance rate It didn't happen just because of the great work that they're doing. It's community involvement, too. It's those tips coming in. It's people willing to step up and say, I've had enough of this in my neighborhood, in my city. And they're willing to come forward with information. And that's what we need. And I think we really work hard at community relations here to build that trust for people that knowing that these men and women are going to go out and actually do something with the information you're giving them. Because a lot of places, they take it and they just sit on it or they don't act these men and women act all the time on the tips. They run it down until they can't run it down anymore, and a lot of times it's very fruitful, and we're very grateful to this community to step up and do that.
2: Yeah, amen to that. You you all have sat here and said, though, unfortunately, you have to kind of be more reactionary in this line of work. So I, I have a question for both of you, really. I mean, what does your typical day-to-day look like then? I mean, I don't want to paint this picture, but is it like, hey, you're just waiting for the phone to ring to get those tips? Like, For both of you, what does your typical day-to-day look like?
1: Well, right now, I, we're obviously working on active cases. Um, we're trying to run things down. If we find out there, there's video that we need to go pick up, we go pick up the video. If there's uh, people that we need to re-interview, interview, re-interview. Um, and, and it's just not the uh, homicide cases we're working right at the moment. It's also cold cases. So detectives have cold cases that they're actively working too. And I need, need to go back and say the 10 detectives we have are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They're probably the, Agree. the I don't want to say the, they are the best detectives on the police department along with, you know, the gang and, and vice narcotics, but they are the best at homicide. Um, they do not stop. They have a very high-end revving engine, and they don't stop until um, the case is solved. So we might not, or not solve, but they're cleared, we'll call mm-hmm. it. Um, we, they don't stop. They are constantly trying to, to clear this case arrest the the perpetrator um for the victim to give closure for the victims uh, ultimately the victims are the ones that we are working for um to bring them a resolution that they can move on you know deal with it and move on we run down every single piece of actionable intelligence
0: there's not a day that goes by where we're sitting idle there is always something to do in these homicide cases and you might get a homicide case monday then you get one on thursday So we're still actively working one when we're working another. So it's just continually occurring. And like Sergeant Wilkins said, we have cold cases. Now, as of recent, the past few years, we don't have a whole lot of cold cases because we saw more cases than not. But we go back to prior five, six years ago, there's cases to work. So if if we're all caught up on what we are doing, there's something to be doing at some point. So our day is is filled with, with interviews, with canvases, with evidence, with other investigatory means. So it's it's busy. I mean, it's you're clocking in, you're not clocking out. It's not an 8 to 5 job.
2: Yeah, and it coming. sounds like a never-ending to-do list. Yeah. and Always. When These
3: cases are Always. kind of stagnant. It's because they've run down every lead they could possibly run down. And it will take someone giving us additional information to actually move forward in those cases. And people have. Absolutely. I mean People have come in All like, hey, you know, I didn't think it was important then, but it might be now. And they give you information like, wow, that's what we needed. That's mm-hmm. the one part of the puzzle we needed to finish it so no, you're
0: you're you're correct on that. What the public can do mm-hmm. is, when we have a homicide scene, a location, we canvas We canvas for blocks and blocks and blocks, if not miles, if we have a direction of travel. So, review your cameras, review your ring doorbells. If you heard something, call us. A lot of times, people like, like the captain said they don't know if it's important, but it might be that one piece we need. So, just report what you have. We will be talking to you. If you don't want to talk in public, we generally leave a card. You can always call us at some other point away from people
2: yeah and at the end of the day who are we to decide whether or not it's important for you no, guys absolutely. like let you decide that if, if it ends up being worthless well so be it i'll let you decide that you did your duty yeah not me That's exactly, exactly
0: right. yep. so you
2: said you have 10 detectives on this team is that like the magic number do you wish you had more oh we're
0: well, selfish of course we wish yeah. we had more <laughs> it's like you wish you had more mics in here right <laughs> yes i yes i do. We, we always want more but i will say this we are blessed we, we've come from four to six detectives, up to 10. We had one sergeant. We now have two. We work and have a partnership with our gang and violent crimes unit, as well as our narcotics. Our administration supports everything that we do. So we do not put a dollar bill on homicide. Mm-hmm. Whatever's needed at all expense, we will clear a homicide. So... I feel blessed to be where we are because not everybody has what we I have. I was
2: just going to ask that. Is this, is this not typical for other police departments?
0: I look at the numbers, and the average across the country for a clearance rate is 54%.
2: Whoa, and y'all were at a 94% last year?
0: Yeah. We And over the past five years, we've averaged 87.4%. Wow. So statistically speaking, if you commit a homicide in Port Wayne, you will be arrested. And it's not like that across the country. And that's what makes this city different. It's something special we have.
2: Is there plans to expand the unit and add more detectives in uh, the future?
0: I don't want to give away our. You CD don't have to do. we're, still working, well, right. we're
2: still working on the political side of that, right?
0: <laughs> we we work within the constraints that we have, but we of course we want more. You know, uh, we have to show a need for it, and if we we present that to our administration, to our command. If you can show a need, generally they'll be willing to work with you. But we're
1: certainly blessed with what we have and the resources we have. So yeah, it sounds like
2: well. it. Sounds like we're way ahead of the game, sure, compared to to other departments.
1: Our administration has been very supportive. Um, and they are looking to the future. Uh, we all have, when we started getting together, we got a vision um, as a, as supervisors and also as a unit. And our vision is always moving forward. What can we do better not just this year, but in five years, ten years, for the next sergeants that come want to come in and, and take over we want to leave it better. So they there's a not necessarily a formula, but there's something that they can come in and they're going to have just as much success. And we're going to have just as much success. And it's not that we're not going to go from the 87.5 to the 54 because something changed. Right. We want to, the formula, we want it to leave to the next people is going to work. And that's always going to be expanding. And they, the administration really, uh, they're on board with our vision.
2: This might be a really silly question, but again, there's 10, ten detectives, two sergeants. I mean, you just said you kind of all get together and you've talked about this vision and this trajectory that you have. But how does that work? A case rolls in and Matt, are you like, okay, Dave, you've got 12 cases on your desk. So we're going to give this one to Rob. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's a silly question, but how does this work? I'll I'll give you two (laughs) words to
0: describe how it works. Okay. Teamwork. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Teamwork makes the dream work. And it truly does. (laughs) It's It's absolutely true whether you're in a police department or you're a family function. So we work it as a unit. We have teams that are on call. So our 10 detectives have a partner. So we have five total teams, 10 total detectives, and we are on call every single day. So if something comes in, a team will respond. And then once they come back, they'll bring all that information. We will roundtable it. We work in a big open area. We have a lot of uh, great technology and equipment that we have. It's an open concept and communication is key. We harp on that a lot. We have to communicate. I don't know what you're thinking, but if you have an idea, let us know. So every single detective and every sergeant knows the case inside and out. And they're able to offer their experience and their ideas. And we, with what we have, we work the case. We work it as a team. There are no lone wolf detectives. We just don't do that, and the philosophy has worked out very well for us.
2: Why do I have that perception that it is more like Lone Wolf? Because you watch Law and Order,
3: yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then you see these two detectives clearing every case that comes down the pike, and there's only two of them doing it. But that's not at all how that's not how we operate. Not not
0: anymore. But if you go back to years where we've had lower clearance rates, not as successful, we operated like that. And there's there was some vision saw a few years ago, and we've changed that formula. And ever since we've had those changes implemented in 2019, we've had nothing but success. So,
2: Okay, so this is kind of a new-ish formula. Within the last five years? Five years,
0: I would say. So are
2: other departments maybe perhaps operating, I'm going to call it, on the old formula then? Is that pretty common?
0: I will watch the first 48 or other shows, and I will say, man, if I could only help you out, if I can give you some advice, you can see it, like, this is why (laughs) you're not working. He's shaking his
3: head like, oh boy.
0: (laughs) So I I was fortunate enough to be trained by Sergeant Tim Hughes. He... He had vision, he had some things changed, and it's been nothing but successful. And I'm just taking what he's given me, given that to Sergeant Wilkins and the other guys. And like he said, we are forward-thinking. We're not relying on what we did in the past or right now, but what do we need in the future? And that's where we look to and it's technology.
3: Yep. It's technology, it's cell
0: phones, it's social media. It is moving forward. How do we solve homicides? Because there's a piece of evidence at every single scene, whether we can see it or not. It's there.
2: Man, Boy, everything I'm hearing, sounds like we're pretty lucky and pretty fortunate we have a special group. We are up against the clock, but I want to ask this question, sure. too, because, again, it's kind of my <laughs> dumb. I've watched way too many crime movies, <laughs> shows, apparently. Could you possibly be working like 100 different cases at a time? I mean, is there ever a limit to where it's like, oh, we've, we've got too many we can't take on anymore? Or is this like an <laughs> infinite number that y'all could be working?
0: Well, averagely speaking, we have 32 homicides a year. But we work hundreds of cases. Right, because
2: you just said it. You've got lots of shootings, not just homicides. We
0: prioritize every single case. We work infant fatalities. We work suspicious deaths. We work homicides. I mean, we work non-fatal shootings. Our unit works every almost major crime that we have, and we're only 10 detectives. There are times where we will take a case to help our detectives just because, yeah, you do get overwhelmed, you know? And we try our best to look at cases with solvability factors and where we should be going, but there are hundreds of cases we work every year. So there's always something to do.
2: Well, I'm just waiting. When you wave that magic wand and you've solved yeah. youth violence, Matt, they, yeah. you, let, you let me <laughs> we'll know. We'll come back here let yeah. you know. You come back here <laughs> okay. on Unholstered. In the meantime, if you've missed any previous episodes of Unholstered, specifically last week, really kind of diving into this topic of youth violence, you can download the Unholstered podcast anywhere you download a podcast, your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered.
1: Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Unholstered.
0: cast by Federated Media.